Thanks for joining us for Episode 10 of Season 4 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communications strategist, and it's the holiday season. Yes. Thanksgiving is just around the corner. You can taste it. You can. And if someone asks you what your favorite dish is, mm-hmm. why not tell them a bowl? Because what you can put on a plate, you can put in a bowl, but not the other way around. So it is the perfect dish. Now, they may have been expecting you to say cornbread you know, stuffing or, what, I'm what? sorry, I'm sorry, cornbread dressing. Oh or um, green bean casserole, but just say a bowl. A bowl, yeah. A bowl is my yeah. favorite dish. That, and they'll be wondering about that long after the day's over. Yes. It's the gift that keeps giving that kind of trauma. Exactly. I'm Glenn Jody's partner in life and business, and oddly enough, with your remark with stuffing versus dressing, I am proclaiming right here and now that dressing is the official and only proper name of the side dish served at holiday tables. No stuffing. No stuffing. No stuffing. No stuffing. Stuffing is for teddy bears and taxidermists. That's how I'll remember it, because I always get it mixed up. Yep. All right, so no stuffing. It's dressing. On today's show, we talk about the need to revisit your company roles and be sure they're still working. You know, are you still in that right role? Then, in our interview segment, we answer the questions. Yes, we do. And at the end of the show, Jody tests my Thanksgiving knowledge. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples, Inc. Before we start the episode, we want to let you know that we are social. Yay! Yay! Cue the balloons. I know, but you'd think that that's like, yeah, well, of course you're social. You talk to people. And we're people. social. We're social. We're Already. social folks. Yeah. But we're talking about a very specific social. Um, we've launched a Couples Inc. podcast Facebook page and a Couples Inc. Instagram account. So exciting. I just... Oh. I know. I know. But as we tell most of our clients, social media is free like a puppy is free. Mm-hmm. You got to feed it, take care of it, and make sure it doesn't bite anyone. Yeah, ouch. I we know. wanted to be sure that we were ready and would have content that you could find value in to have a social media extension of the podcast where we hope to connect with our current listeners from around the world as well as find new ones from around the universe. Exactly. The World Wide Web, forget about that. It's the universal. Going bigger. Going bigger. So anyway, um, yes, it may seem like it's been forever, but this is a chance for you to maybe connect with us. So follow us on Facebook at Couples Inc. Podcast and on Instagram at Couples underscore Inc. underscore Podcast. Now, we just put this up so we don't have a lot of followers yet. Don't judge. But we hope that changes when you follow us and encourage your friends to do the same. See you in cyberspace. For our big topic, we discussed uh, setting roles in your business way back in our second episode. And I think we have a clip from that. Let me go ahead and roll it. So I think what's worked for us, and I think what might work for you if you have a you know business and you have the luxury of designing your role, you know, put aside tasks. That's something that no one is loves sending out invoices or going to the UPS store or you know maybe they do love it. I don't know, but that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about creating sort of a Venn diagram where you find these 
where these three areas intersect and you find that sweet spot, that's where you can help identify your role. We were so young. Yeah, it's a simpler time. Simpler time. That horse-drawn yeah. uh, recording and all yeah. that kind of stuff. What what a, what a good time! Took Those five memories. weeks to publish it, and you know, boy, <laughs> those were the days. Yeah, did you do the wax cylinder thing? The wax cylinder? No, it was the wax cylinder. I think you had it right the first uh, time. <laughs> wax. So in that show, we introduced the idea of a formula or maybe a Venn diagram on how to decide your ideal role when it came to being a couple in business, and in I think in that sense. Unlike any other partnership, when you're a couple in business, determining your role is vital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it achieves uh, a balance in the business, and it helps you to keep that balance mm-hmm. uh, intact. And it helps you maintain the relationship, too, the balance in the relationship. You plan your work and then work your plan. Yeah, exactly. It gives you ownership over something, autonomy and a purpose. And so it really does help. It's one of the biggest pieces of advice we ever give people who are looking at wanting to work together as a couple. So just to recap how you decide the role, and then we're going to talk about revisiting it. Um, We look at it as like the three T's. So you decide your role when you find something that you have a talent for. Talent. Talent. What do you do best? What comes easily to you? What is your talent? To me personally. Well, yeah, it's hypothetical. You don't have to. Well, you've quite like if you beer. want to answer it. I yes. Like beer okay. A lot. So that's your that's role. Your yeah. role is to do beer research. I can taste it now. Exactly. So talent. The next. The next T is take joy in. Or intake joy. <laughs> well, the, uh, yeah, take it's a bit in of a, joy. It's a bit of a stretch. But Enjoy I take joy is what I wanted to go, but I'm like, let's three T. So take joy in. So yeah, yeah. So what motivates you? What interests you? Beer. Okay, kind of getting a theme here. Oh yeah. Someone is sorry. Someone's have, having a someone's day. Thirsty. Someone's thirsty. All right. What's the third one, Jody? Time. Mm, what you have time to do and how your time is best spent. Right. And those may not be the same thing. I mean, no. you may not have the time, but if you do have jobs, this is where you should put your priority. Yeah. So it's like what you have time to do or what's the best use of your time. So talent, take joy in, and time. And what you want is for all of those to align whenever possible. Now, Tasks, that's the fourth unknown T. That's just going to be stuff that, yeah, you don't yeah, take joy. tasks? Yeah, but you don't take joy some... in timesheets, or you don't take joy, or someone does. Somebody might. Someone might. Yeah, somebody. But there's going to be always be those kinds of things, you know, but that's, those are things that have to happen. These are the main projects. And so I, I thought, you know, maybe it's time for us to revisit this concept and then I think suggest to listeners – that they look at, okay, you selected the role that you thought would fit. Mm-hmm. Now, say it's six months, a year, five years, ten years down the road, is that still a good fit? And what do you do about it? Yeah. The role you have right now mm-hmm. in Couples Inc. podcast and in our own marketing yeah. is a good fit for you. Sure. It's the perfect role because it taps into that talent. I think your story is very similar to mm-hmm. mine that way because you had the the goal in mind. You planned your work, mm-hmm. and then you worked your plan, just like I said a second ago. Our, our careers kind of parallel that way, in that we had an idea early on in our lives what we like to do, mm-hmm. and we actively sought out 
the career paths that would be best for us. Now, some of it has adjusted, like we and we've talked about this in that episode, is yeah, I love to brainstorm and write copy. That's what I started out doing. Mm -hmm. But I don't have as much time. And comparatively, I take more joy now in the strategy side. In telling me to do it. And in telling you to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's where the joy comes from, yes, really. Um, but But so we still get together and brainstorm. We do. And I think that's the most productive time of the week for me is mm -hmm. when we're able to do that and double team something. Yeah. And come up with something that's better than its parts. But but at some time, it, the better use of my time might be going to a client meeting or, um, you know, working on some strategy plan and you might have a better use of your time instead drinking of drinking beer drinking beer instead of going to a client meeting might be editing a video that we need to get done and yes i would love to maybe sit and hang out while you do that but that's not the best use of our time so you've taken that role on to do the editing and and add those creative flares to things where sure. you know so i think it, it works out really well i think that if if you like are looking at these the three T's, you need to kind of, I guess, reevaluate every once in a while because things might change in your business or in the market. Like how often do you think that people should revisit? Um, you know, particularly if they're just starting out. I like to do it about every six or eight minutes. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say months. Yes, you re, you reevaluate just on a regular basis. Go, I can't go that long. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to reevaluate throughout the day and like rethink your life and say, what am I doing right now? I know there's some Mondays. Everyone kind of takes a moment and says, huh, I'm going to reevaluate. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think I would say six months or a year. But like, again, it depends. I think we have had, uh, we've been lucky in that we kind of fell into our roles pretty easily uh, in terms of those those you know talent time and take joy in well was it falling into them or, or was it by design working the plan working the plan you're correct it is not just a oh we got lucky but we did say okay what do we want to do sure and we took an active role in setting these uh, roles up and we haven't really had any major changes in our type of business our workload or the market. But I think if you're in an, in an industry that is constantly changing, maybe you might need to look at the roles. For example, maybe one of the partners was really focused on new business. Mm -hmm. At some point, maybe the company grows to a point where there's a lot of activity. And yes, you always need to have new business in the pipeline. But maybe that role takes a back seat to a role that is more actively involved in current clients. Mm. You know, that kind of thing. I think yeah. sometimes those things those things change. And I'd say if you're having issues or glitches or some problems happening in the business and you're like trying to track down where the issue is, you know, there are balls being dropped, there are appointments being missed, there are deadlines not, you know, getting done. That's maybe when you look at the role and say, okay, you know, we thought this was a good fit. But it's not, and you're fired. It's not, but you're <laughs> and you're fired. Well, when you're a couple in business, it's a little more complicated than that. A little. But you could say, hey, this wasn't you know, really a good fit. All right, here's the big question. All right, we talk about these three T's. Yeah. What do you think? If you can only get, like, you know, two out of three ain't bad to, you know, um, quote the song. 
Is there, are there two that are more important? That's a really, I was looking at this before we started recording, and it's a really tough question for me because there are, and I don't mean to sound egotistical at all about this, but there are times when the talent, um, I just, it's kind of like a second nature mm-hmm. to me. It's, it's become so ingrained, and I've done this so many times throughout my career that it's, it's almost like I don't think about it. Well, that's how it should be. That's why it's a natural fit, is that yeah. this is your talent. People who, it's so funny, people who have an amazing talent to draw sometimes will like not make yes. a big deal about it. Yeah. It's like you have no idea. Like I've, I've worked with an art director who could sketch something out and he didn't think it was that big of a deal. I'm like, you do realize huge that deal. not everyone can do that. And he took it for granted, but that's why yeah. he was a great art director, is that that was a you know that was his talent and he did that and then when he challenged himself was like being more conceptual with other aspects i think the talent part yeah it's it's like you don't choose well, those for, three yeah for me in this list the talent thing mm-hmm. would be the, the expendable take joy in and the time those two factors are critical right now to me yeah if i weren't taking joy in what i do for a living I, I that would really I guess it would be draining. Yeah, it's, it's like I, I, burnout. I've, I've had jobs like that before. Fortunately, I didn't mm. have those jobs for very long. But I see what's at mm-hmm. stake there, and especially as time has gone on, and I'm deeper into my career, that what you have time to do and how your time is best spent is so important. Yeah, and I think yeah, of those three, those two are the ones that you individually and as a couple need to sit down and really think through like you said talent should be obvious and it should be something that comes naturally Hmm. it could be a talent that if you're in an industry that you need to learn something you are more adept at learning it for instance um you didn't start out as in it but you have a talent for understanding how things work. I have been dragged kicking and screaming into it. Well, yes and no. The IT world. The IT world. Hey, it embraced Just you. when I try to get out, it pulls me back in. I know, I know. Even though you have this uh, keyboard that is lit up in red, like, well, it's, it's a demonic like the, the, color. The season, you know, red, maybe yeah. I can get it to cycle through to green, too. I don't know. I don't I, know. But I'm afraid to touch it. You, Your talent with IT... It kind of came upon you. It wasn't ingrained and natural. Part of it came from experience, too. Right. And th- that may be kind of a subcategory of this list. Right. So your talent, most of the time, you're not going to have to think too much about it unless it is something that has evolved. But really, bottom line, when it comes to looking at the role you've you've chosen in this business, mm-hmm. the time and how your time is best spent and what you take joy in are definitely things you need to sit and think about and reevaluate. Being honest with yourself about those two things, the what you take joy in and how best to use your time is the only way to figure out what your role should be. Are you saying I should give you some of the tasks that... No, no, not at all. Well... Uh, what? What? Sorry, I, was, I don't have I was... time. I don't have time to hear your discussion about joy. Despite warnings from our attorneys, we are going to be the ones answering the questions today in our interview segments. Yeah. Are you ready? We're, we're the ones that uh, got questioned this time around, and I'm okay with that. Okay. Well, you are now. You haven't heard the questions. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah, let's see. All right, so can you cue up the first one? Yeah, our first question comes from our good friends in Fort Worth, Texas, Chuck and Deborah Johnson, the owners of Big Bad Wolf Creative Group, who ask... Hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Deborah. Hey, Deborah. What's the number one reason you're in business for yourself? I'd say it's the millions and millions and millions of dollars that we make. Uh, Wow. Yeah, just funny. I haven't seen any of that. I know, it's weird. Um, What'd you do with it? It's it's somewhere. It's in, in some investments. It's in all. It's in Bitcoin. No, um, I know it might be. Do, it, I actually would be curious to know what your answer is because for me, I have always been like a self motivated person. Yes, you I have. love ownership of something, yep. and I I wanted to create something and. It just seemed like I'm an entrepreneur at spirit. So yes. I wanted to create a business, and it just so happens that this is a business that I enjoy, marketing and strategy. Um, and, and podcasting. And podcasting. I just I, I enjoy the ownership of it, and I enjoy the challenge of it. What about you? Wow. The, the number one, that's so tough. It's like saying, what's your favorite album, or what's your favorite uh, destination to go on vacation? or Yeah. To mm-hmm. articulate just one of them. That's a real challenge, but I think uh, along the same lines as you, I do have kind of a curve to throw in there, though, and that's because I think I owe a lot of it to my dad. Yeah. He yeah. was an entrepreneur and self-employed from very early in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a time when he wasn't his own boss, and I think that, that seeing that and seeing the satisfaction he got from it um, really inspired and motivated me. Yeah, that's the other satisfaction. When you have have, um, someone that you look up to, someone that you respect and admire, that gives you that example Mm -hmm. and shows you that it is actually possible, it does so much to you. It makes you realize, yeah, I can follow that example. I I can make this work because this person that I admire and look up to did. That is actually wonderful because, I mean, a lot of listeners who have businesses may not realize the impact they might be having on their children if they have That's true. Yeah, very true. You're modeling this behavior of ownership, business ownership, challenges, accepting those challenges and overcoming them. Yeah. So that is very interesting. And you mentioned satisfaction. I think that is something else that you saw what business ownership could do. Yeah. That was a great question. All right. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. Who's next? Our next question is from Katie Cooper Bussell, oh, who hey, we have Katie. worked with many, many times. Um, she is a designer extraordinaire, mm-hmm. and we love her work. And we, are, we use her we, as a designer for our business. We use her. Yes, we use her work. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's her question. Hey, Jody and Glenn. Since you guys work with a variety of freelancers and clients, how do you best keep up with tasks for all of your different jobs? Do you use a certain kind of work management platform? Or do you simply use email as your go-to method for communication? That's that's actually an interesting question and a mm-hmm. very practical question. Mm-hmm. Sure um, because we've actually gone through a couple of different systems. Yeah, we have. And we've settled on, not a sponsor, Monday.com um, as our management tool. But we still do rely on email and other things. But it's kind of a built-in system where you can have people on it and give updates to each other on where you are in tasks. Yeah. Bottom line is you need to have a system. Yeah, more than just a spreadsheet. Oh my gosh, or yes. Or a note. Uh, post-it notes. I love post-it, post-it notes, notes, but it's got to <laughs> yeah. be more than that. Thanks for filling in. I, I, I went blank on post-it notes for a second. What? Yeah. Not a sponsor. Notes. 
Yeah, um, that's something that I tried when I had my studio to begin with. But I knew in the back of my mind that I'd have to have that system that I could work with because we had it uh, every place I'd ever worked mm-hmm. had some kind of system. This was in pre-computer days even. Yeah. They would keep, you know, there was a little guy in the basement that was you know, hunched <laughs> over a candlelit desk. Right. 24-7, 365. If you don't have a system or some sort of management tool, mm-hmm. you, you waste so much time. Yeah. That's right. Because you end up redoing systems that, or processes that should already be automated or should already be a part of the process and rethinking everything. It just really, we did, you know, spreadsheets, we did a couple of different systems. It's just, it's very, it's very easy to get, you know, like, okay, I don't have time to create a system. I got to get the work done. But by not doing that, you've actually given yourself a ton more work. Whatever system it is, I mean, there are people who are still going to be like, and I am I've, and one of them. I still have my post-it notes. I still have my write-on wipe-off boards. But for the most part, a system that we are using in the business is something that we both use or it's tied in. Those are just kind of like personal notes or other other things. Whoa-whoa boards. Whoa-whoa boards. But yeah, calendar, keeping a calendar. Glenn and I will make a habit of calendarizing because we've got to know when the other is doing something and you can do where you could do a shared calendar, but we kind of like the the time to sit and kind of talk about, about those things. But yeah, systems cannot be, you know, overrated. Left hand's got to know what the right hand's doing. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then comes the backhand. <laughs> as long as it's a backhand and compliment. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you, Katie. That is a very interesting. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Well, the next participants in our question and answer series are our nieces. Oh, oh no. Paige and Piper. Paige and Piper. And they have um, they've they've been kind of percolating on these questions, mm-hmm. I think, for a long time. And they are what me think, fourteen and twelve. Yeah, and they they've given them a lot of thought and uh, let me just uh Uh-huh. Okay. Who is your favorite artist when you were uh, my age? Oh, that's Paige. Yes, it is. Okay, and I know she's a because she's asking that because Taylor Swift is hers. I'm sure. Mm, could be. Ooh, whoever okay. that is. Yeah. So what were you? What was your whoever that is? Oh, um, what was your favorite artist at the like you know when you were 14? Middle Picasso. school. Picasso. Yeah, I'm sure she means music artist. I think that by the time you know I got out of my Beatle mania and everything, and they had broken up. Uh, when I was 14, they'd been broken up for a couple of years. So I was kind of moving on and discovering a lot of different uh, artists and a lot of different music. Oh. So that was a very formative period for me. Hmm, for me, I'm going to say Duran Duran. Yeah. Um, and I made a point, a friend of mine in my neighborhood, she and I both love Duran Duran. But we made a point of choosing her favorite was John Taylor. Okay. My favorite was Simon Le Bon in oh. case we met them in person and then got married. And yeah. then we, you know, we wouldn't want to mess up our friendship. So we'd have everything already figured out who got who in the, when we got married. Do you really doubt 13 year old and 14 year old me would not have thought this through? I have come <laughs> to trust that part of you. Yes. So I don't oh, know what so I'm saying. So yeah, Duran Duran. All right. What's the next one? All right. Again, this is uh, our nieces, Paige and Piper. I think this next one comes from Piper who says, who asks. Who asks. What is your favorite Christmas movie? 
Ooh, hmm. that's a good I one. I like Aliens quite a bit. It came out around I Christmas. I thought you were going to say Die Hard. Well, Die Hard's a nice uh, second or third place. but I have seen memes already, people inviting... Um, uh, in, you're invited to the office party at the, what are the towers? Nakatomi. Nakatomi Towers Christmas party. So put that on your calendar. Yeah, and you've seen those, speaking of calendars, the little slide down calendars where Hans Gruber, it's like a, <gasps> a desktop thing they have now. Hans Gruber falls from the top of the Nakatomi Tower all the way down to the bottom, but it takes him, you know, it's one day at a time. Like an advent calendar? Very much like an advent calendar, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. A Hansvent calendar. Yes, in this household, we've agreed, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh yeah. I, okay. It's got a tree. It's got a tree, it's got snow, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, all right. Or no, it doesn't have snow. It doesn't have snow because they're out in California. Um, So, but it has Christmas decorations. Yeah. All right. So, Aliens isn't a Christmas movie, though. Didn't it come out around Christmas? I don't think so. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about the first one, Alien. The mm. first Alien, I think, was released during the holidays. Because um, it's a great family movie? Well, sure. No, seriously, what Christmas movie? Oh, I have to stick with It's a Wonderful Life on this. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. heard many people say, uh, not many people, I've heard some critics say that it is overrated and it just became popular because it was played sure. so much. It but is. Yeah. I'm going to go with Elf. Another classic. Another classic. Yeah. It's it, it's a great movie. And that's fun. what's so funny is that it's old enough, I guess, to be a classic. It just feels like it just came out, but it's... Like Although I think they should have gotten, movie. you know, for Will Ferrell, I think they should have recast it as somebody that actually is green and and has the height for as an elf. Well, no, elves aren't green. None of the elves were green. Wasn't he green? His outfit was. Oh, I'm thinking about The Grinch. You're thinking about The Grinch. What totally a different movie. Wow. So, all right, let's see another one. Okay. What is your favorite name for a dog? That was Piper. Yeah, that's Piper, and uh, she would obsess over dogs. Yeah, they have a little dog, Tulip. Um... It's Who like bites. Some, yeah, she's like um, a morky, like a some kind of weird matchup. Yeah. Um, but very cute. But um, the dog hmm. is a challenge. I don't know. I'm more of a cat person. So you're gonna name your dog Cat? <laughs> yes, that's what I would do. Wow. No. You know they understand you. They they can't acknowledge it because mm-hmm. they blow their cover. Yeah. But they know what you're doing. The cats or dogs? Yes. Uh, all right, so what's your favorite dog name? Spot. No, didn't you have a dog named Pickle? Or Pickles? Pickle. Pickles? Am I thinking, what was your name? Freckles. 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 Yeah. Uh, Pickles, totally different dog. He was actually my sister's dog. Oh, okay. He, 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 was, he hung around with all of us. Yeah. So, yeah, the greatest dog ever. Mm. He, he was a snake hunter. Uh, funny fact about Freckles is that he would actively seek out copperhead snakes. We lived in the country, and there were some snakes, you know, in the country you got snakes. and uh, That's why I'm an indoorsy person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he would go hunting, actively trying to find copperheads. And when he did, he killed them. And he got bitten so often that he was immune to the venom after a few times. But Pickles so, wasn't. Pickles? I don't know Pickles. What is this Pickles you're talking about? I don't know, but Freckles was the good one. Freckles, Yeah. There is no pickles. No pickles. No more pickles. So I don't know about um, what would be a good name for a dog. I've always liked like Max. Max. Yeah. That's good. 
You know, I think as a bionic woman, there was a bionic dog. Max was? was a German shepherd. Yeah. And I always liked oh, the I German shepherd. Um, I, so I basically want a bionic German shepherd named Max. Okay. All right, let's try another one. Good questions, girls. Here's another one from Paige, I think. We'll find out. What was your favorite song when you were my age? Ooh, favorite song. It's like when someone asks you, like you are saying, your favorite book. I've forgotten every book I ever read. Favorite song would be a tough one. And also, too, they all blend together. Mm. Like when I was, you know, her age, I might think that this was song, but it may not have come out until like two years later. So it's all the 80s kind of all mushes together. Uh, one of my favorites is Hey Jude. Oh, yeah. Um, but I can't say that that's my favorite because, you know, I'll play it a couple of times and then, okay, mm-hmm. I can put it away for a little while. And that's the way it is with me and most music. I, I just, it's not like I try to play something over and over and over again and just obsess over it. Well, it's only, I mean, that's when you play them backwards. Yes. You hear the masking. Yes. No, I... I Taste the masking. I can see what you're saying. Your favorite song changes, particularly when you're that age, changes from week to week. Sure. I'd say Prince's When the Doves Cry was one in the top, but I don't know if it came out around the time I was 14, but... That's one of the top songs. Yeah, that would have been about right. So there you go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. There, that's, that would be, I mean, that's like a song I can listen to over and over again. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's a good question. All right. I think we have okay. one more. And our final question does come from, I don't know who asked this one. I think it was, it may have been Piper trying to disguise her voice as Paige. You'll know why when you hear okay. the question. It's, okay. It's interesting. Okay. And Jojo, why did you marry this weird man? Hmm. Oh my gosh. That's, no, that's Piper. That's the best question of all. Why did I marry this weird man? Tread gently on this I one. I know. And our anniversary is coming up next oh, week. It is. Yeah, that's right. 19 we're recording this. years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'd say because I love him. All right. That's a good start. Well, that I mean, that's kind of it. I love you. That's a lot. We've still got 10 minutes in this segment. No, I love you, babe. I love you too, but I want to hear more. Because you're... About why. Why do you love me? (laughs) I'm needy. Stop. Because you're you're self-confident and you're not needy. That's right. That's why I love you. That's, That's good. For our fun C segment, it's quiz time. All right. And um, Glenn set the bar pretty high last episode with his either or, Taylor Swift lyric or line from The Godfather. Check it out, our last episode if you haven't already. Yeah. So you set the bar that, really high. Smash that like button. All right. So I thought I'd lower that bar what? so there's not as much pressure going forward. No. You raised it. I'm lowering it right now. So I can handle it. Bring it. Well, we'll see. What is a turkey bone made of? <laughs> These, okay, so I'm gonna, we're going to do Thanksgiving trivia. Yeah. These came from Parade.com, which I guess is like Parade Magazine. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Um, the question, the t- article was titled, 50 Thanksgiving Trivia Questions and Answers to Impress All of Your Dinner Guests. You're going to ask me 50 questions? I am not. Oh, good. I'm going to ask you four. Only four? But you still have to impress everyone's dinner guests. Color me disappointed. All right, so... As normal with our quizzes, I think we need to do different sounds. So, for every correct answer, a turkey gobble. All right. I got you, gobble. I like it. Now, 
for every wrong answer, and I am open to different suggestions, a belch. Nasty. I like it. All right. So here we go. The gobble or the belch. Gobble or the belch. We have four questions. All right. Let's hear a lot of gobbles because I really don't want to hear a lot of, um, you know, belches. All right. Number one. Who was the first president to pardon a turkey? Was it A, Dwight D. Eisenhower? B, John F. Kennedy? C, Lyndon B. Johnson? Or D, President Dwayne Alonzo Mountain Dew Camacho from Idiocracy? <laughs> if I'm saying that right, I have no idea. Well, I, you know, your last choice there... Is a given. Is, that's, a, that's the one. Yeah, but he, he pardoned everybody, I think. Yes. And we desperately need a sequel just yes. to follow up, maybe a reboot right. based and on him. Mountain Dew. I wonder if it too, I could have made it more official by MD instead of yes. Mountain Dew. But anyway, yeah. so A, Dwight D. Eisenhower, B, John F. Kennedy, or C, Lyndon B. Johnson? I think it was Johnson. Nope, it was John F. Kennedy. Oh, well, I was going to say that. Yeah, but a bonus is... But it would have been Eisenhower if I didn't choose either of those two. Right. So John F. Kennedy was the first to pardon, but George H.W. Bush was the president who made turkey pardoning an annual event. Is it in the Constitution now? It should be. Yeah. It should be. All right. Turkeys have rights too. So, so far, a belch. When was the first Thanksgiving NFL game? A, 1920, B, 1950, C, 1960, or D, wait, they play football on Thanksgiving? Who knew? Oh, football. Yes, NFL. I thought you were just abbreviating that to make this safe for work. No, (laughs) not safe for, not, the NFL would be not, not for long. I don't know. You drew up the question. You tell me. The football, yes. So was it the first Thanksgiving NFL game, Mm -hmm. 1920, 1950, 1960, or wait, they play football on Thanksgiving? Who knew? I'm going to say 1960. No, 1920. Wow. The first professional football games on Thanksgiving were played November 25th, 1920. No games were played on the holiday from 1941 to 1944 because... There was a shortage of footballs. World War II. Caused the the shortage of footballs. Yes, we would also accept that. So, okay. So far, two wrong answers. Okay. Number three. Feeling pressure. I know. How many turkeys are prepared for Thanksgiving in America each year? Oh, boy. A. You're talking about the actual bird and not people who are turkeys. Right. right? Okay. <laughs> A. Around 33 million. B. Around 46 million. C. Around 52 million. Or D. None. I don't think any of them really see it coming, which is for the best. That's the best answer right there. Right. It is the best answer, but there is actually a legit number of how many people do prepare these prepared turkeys in America. And you could say the birds are prepared or Mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Either way, birds aren't real. That's true. Birds aren't real. So it's kind of like, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. A, 33 million or around 33 million. These are all estimates. B, around 46 million. C, around 52 million. C. No, B, 46 million. Well, okay. These are tough. You were close. Yeah, I was in the ballpark. I mean, if you filled a stadium on Thanksgiving Day, instead of playing football, you just filled it with turkeys. Mm -hmm. 
you would have it pretty much the same fill ratio if you had either of those two answers, wouldn't you? So give me that one. Okay, I don't know what that means. Where you try? I mean, I know everything is measured in like football fields. How many football fields were? Um, How many stadiums? Stadiums. Yes. Um, I don't know if you really want. That's your homework. Okay. How many stadiums would it take to hold the number of turkeys that are consumed annually? Okay. Okay. All right. For our fourth and final question, when did canned cranberries first come out? A. Eighteen ninety-five. B. Nineteen hundred. C, 1912, or D, when you insert a flat knife between the can and the jelly to activate the vacuum. Oh, what? (laughs) So when did canned cranberries first come out? I had to read, like, how do you open the can? So I was like, oh, that'd be a funny answer. So when did cranberries come out? When you insert the knife, flat knife between the can and the jelly to activate the vacuum. Is that the way you want me to answer this with a trick answer like that? No, no, no. You need to have the date. A legitimate Um, date. Right. Okay. um, 1895. Yep, 1895. Wrong. 1912. 1912. But I have a funny story, okay? When um, I went to have Thanksgiving with my aunt and uncle, and he really does a great job of cooking, and mm-hmm. he was making Thanksgiving dinner for everybody, I was joking, and I said, you know, I think your cranberry sauce has gone bad. He looked at me, I was like, because it's lost its can shape. Yes. Because that's how we had it at our house. That's the criteria. Yeah. The can shape. And then how you slice it, it you kind of need to go along the rings. Yeah, not against the rings. No. Never slice against the rings. Thanks for listening to Couples, Inc., a podcast helping couples work better together. We put out new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month. But to make sure you don't miss a show, subscribe using your favorite streaming service. We're on all of them. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, go ahead, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave us a rating or review. And be sure to visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com, to learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.